0: Hey there, my name is Samantha, and you're listening to the Lifestyle Listener Podcast. In this podcast, you'll get some lifestyle tips, healthy living advice, and a place to discuss real issues affecting real people. I am an integrative nutrition health coach, a mother of two, and a wife. So believe me when I say, trying to find balance is a constant work in progress. So thanks so much for stopping by, and I hope that you get some great, healthy living advice to keep you on your own wellness goals. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. So Jessica and I have a special guest. Her name is Sarah McNeil, and Sarah is going to talk with us today about meditation Last episode we did, we did a little bit about meditation in terms of how it can help with your self-care, but we'd like to just go a little more in depth with this whole idea of what meditation is and how it can be beneficial to your health. Sarah is not only a yoga instructor with countless hours of certification behind her, she is also a meditation teacher, so she knows a lot about this topic. Um, other accomplishments that Sarah has is not only being a yoga teacher of all kinds from Hatha yoga to yoga basics to chakra yoga she is also a writer and a journalist and that was what she has done in the past and still does some freelance work so we are so excited that she has joined us today and she is going to answer questions and just talk about the whole idea of meditation and help you figure out how it's going to help to make a healthy lifestyle. So enjoy. Thanks again for joining. All right. So Jessica and I are here with Sarah and she is going to talk about meditation and she is got a wealth of information so welcome Sarah we're so glad to have you here today thank you thank you very much for having me yes so okay let's get a little bit of an idea on how you came to do yoga and meditation you've got tons of hours behind you and you're already in another training program so where did this all start
1: it probably started because I grew up on a farm, and I grew up in a place where there was a lot of quiet and a lot of open space. And as I grew older and started dealing with cities, college, and things like that, I found that I always needed places to go and be quiet. I started yoga when I was approximately 14. I ran into a book in the Kmart, which is where the Altel Arena is now in Little Rock, Arkansas, called Yoga for Americans by someone called Indra Devi. And I had no idea at that point who Indra Devi was. I just thought, this looks interesting. I think it's important. So I picked it up and taught myself how to practice. I practiced a little bit through college. Um, I should have been practicing in graduate school. Things might have been very different had I done that, but Mm -hmm. I didn't. And I got married and had a child and attempted to take up the practice again, but I really only started practicing seriously Again, beginning in 2011, we took a trip to India. We were given a free yoga class on the grounds of a heritage hotel. And I realized I had to be doing that again. So I returned to my job and I started doing yoga during my lunch hour to get out from behind my desk Mm -hmm. to annoy my bosses who really wanted me there. You know, they were cracking whip. Turn out more things. Make more sausage. Um, So I would would sneak away. Very unyogic. I would sneak away to do yoga so I didn't have to be there. And three classes at noon turned into a fourth class from the teacher who taught there. And the fifth class. And then two very early morning hot yoga classes. And if you know me, that's ridiculous. Because I do not get up and I do not like to sweat. But I was going to hot yoga at 530 in the morning. Um, And I felt so much better when I was done. And had I not been practicing pretty assiduously then, when we moved from Jonesboro, Arkansas to Cape Girardeau, I would not have survived the transition. And fortunately, I found a place called The Source, which is now The Edge, and it literally became my source for everything, for yoga, for friendship, for making connections, for finding a plumber, you know, anything I needed to know, I learned from the women at The Source. So I'm always Mm -hmm. very grateful for that. Um, Because I couldn't really find a job here in my other stuff, which is mostly writing, editing, journalism, Mm -hmm. I started going to yoga almost full-time, like a job. And when teacher training programs began to be offered here, I jumped on. So Mm -hmm. that's uh, the meditation. Yoga for me is a moving meditation. It's a meditation in its own right, but because of being in the yoga environment, I've had a chance to do seated meditation and more formal meditation, and meditation in a group setting. And that has been of inestimable value to me. Because there's a completely different vibe. I think the apps are great. I think meditating on your own is super. But I think that meditating in a group setting or a sangha, as we say, is a completely different experience, and I think it's really beneficial. Mm -hmm. And I'd urge almost anybody to try it. Meditation is very inexpensive. Um, Meditation is available anywhere, anytime. And meditation and yoga are, as far as I'm concerned, the antidotes to everything that ails the modern world. Mm -hmm. Stress, tension, anxiety, depression, bad news, um, overstimulation, things coming at us Mm 24-7. This is the medicine.
2: So you said that when you were moving to Cape Dorado, if you had not had yoga, you would not have survived that transition. So can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: That is ever so slightly an exaggeration, <laughs> but um, it was a big move. Yeah. We had been in a very large house for 14 years. We were really settled where we were, and suddenly we were picking up a new job for my husband, new school for my daughter. Um, I was leaving a job. Wasn't sure what I would find here, and yeah, it was very handy to know when I first discovered that there was a really good mind-body studio. Not just any studio, but one that really emphasized the sort of mental part of yoga, the meditation aspect, um, or the meditative aspect. I was, I thought maybe I'll make it, you know, maybe I can manage. And when I got to what was then the source, now the edge, I found it to be literally my source for everything, for companionship, for knowing you know the best plumber in town, for knowing the best grocery store, um, how to find a dentist or a doctor, the women I met there, and, and a couple of men, too, um, really provided me with a lot of information that I needed. Yeah. So You found your tribe. I mm-hmm. did find my tribe. Yeah. I, you know, people say that a lot, but yes, it was very nice to find my tribe, yeah. and I
2: did do that there. Yeah, And most of them are still my tribe. Yeah. So that's excellent. So when you started, you were in college and you were, you know, feeling kind of fish out of water uh, of sorts, right? Because you had used to be in this natural setting with the farm and then you came to the city and you saw this book about yoga and you started doing that. What what was the feeling of of that the first time. Do you remember That's how you... That's not
1: quite... Um, it's, it, it happened earlier than that. Honestly, I ran across the book when I was 14. So oh, I was I still actually in you know, high school. And I just thought, yoga, this is important. I know this is important. I was interested in world religions mm-hmm. and really interested in mythology. And I had been a long time. And something about this book just said, you know, you're, this is going to be important. So um, I picked it up and I taught myself yoga. And then I went to New Orleans to college. And while it was very different, it's enough of a southern city and an open city. There are trees, and there are places where pavement isn't. So it's actually pretty comfortable there. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. um, I would never probably have managed in a city like New York, which is where my daughter is in college. But um, <laughs> I, I couldn't have done that. But it was not as, quite as bad a transition. And fortunately for me, the P.E. options at my women's division of a bigger college offered yoga, as an actual thing, as well as horseback riding and archery. In other words, I didn't have to do calisthenics or play basketball or have, you know, <laughs> things thrown at me that I didn't have to dodge. So that was good. <laughs> uh, ballet was an option. So much more individualized sorts of things to do physical education with. And honestly, I enjoyed the yoga practice that I learned there mm-hmm. very, yeah. very much. Yeah. So,
0: Is that where you maybe thought that you wanted to be a yoga instructor sometime? Oh, no. No? No, that didn't come until...
1: Oh, 30 years later? Maybe oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. No, that never actually crossed my mind okay. at that point. So. Okay. Oh, man. Um, not even close. I thought I was going to be a professor.
2: Really? I thought
1: I was going to be, a, you know, do a PhD and be a professor, and that would be how my life would roll. Mm-hmm. And at Vanderbilt, after I got my master's degree, I kind of discovered that I probably wasn't going to be a professor, or not mm-hmm. easily. And I've attempted that twice. I was in a PhD program at Arkansas State, too. And the move sort of shifted that. But I had pretty well decided I wasn't going to pursue it
0: okay. at that point.
1: So um, I had to sort of adjust somewhere in my mid to late 20s into my 30s what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And yoga actually at that point wasn't a blip on the radar screen.
0: Really? Okay. So no. you just kind of went and practiced when you felt like you needed it? or I
1: actually didn't practice for many, many, many years okay. from say graduate school onwards mm-hmm. and my life, had I practiced, would have probably been very, very different. Um, but the most interesting thing to me is that I circled around and came back to yoga and yoga was sort of waiting for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I really needed it, mm-hmm. I think,
0: mm-hmm.
1: sure. or, or when I had time to properly absorb it. Mm-hmm. So. That's kind of the story there, I think. Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then that happened mm-hmm. when you moved back here. To yes. Cape. Yep. Absolutely.
2: So what what do you find now um, <clears throat> when you see others, or maybe based on your own personal experience, uh, what are some of the hurdles, or maybe the misconceptions of somebody that you know needs yoga or wants yoga, and they just don't necessarily know how to make that that uh they don't know how to how to make that transition. So what are some of the things? I am so happy
1: you asked that because one of the things I absolutely believe is that there is a yoga for literally everybody. For people who are differently abled, for people who are older, for people who are moving in larger bodies, for people who are recovering from injuries or catastrophic events like strokes. Um, For people of every age and race and demographic you can name, every belief system, every profession. I think there should be a yoga for firefighters and um, emergency medical personnel and farmers and nurses and doctors. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that yoga can help almost anybody live a better life. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I, I and it seems sometimes inaccessible. It's a problem we're having with yoga in America. People tend to think that it's sort of a thing of privilege for mostly white women. do mm-hmm. um, You have to have certain clothes. You have to look a certain way. You have to be in a certain body. And one of my chief missions in life is to say, no, this isn't true. You can be in a halfway house, in a recovery program. You can be in a prison. You can be in... Um, a school for disabled children. Yoga can benefit you. It will meet you where it is. It is there for you. All you need is to show up and
2: to listen yeah. and to know how to breathe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I, I think that there is a huge stigma with yoga if you're not wearing the particular yoga mm-hmm. pants with the with the certain symbols Logo, and all right, of those kinds right. of things. Yeah then you're not in that club and you're not, you know, necessarily dedicated or know what you're doing. And um, But Absolutely. how, and I agree that it is such an accessible uh, practice, but somebody that is maybe in a, um, in low income and can't afford the class, what, what would you say is their first step? Look for free yoga.
1: And I have some thoughts on this. Um, That I won't go into now. There is a lot of yoga that's free. There's a lot of yoga that's affordable. I would actually suggest that once you take a free class or two, just to see if you like it, see what's kind of required, that you actually look into going to a studio, not a gym so much as a studio, and speaking to the owner or the proprietor. Because most people who teach yoga, even though they have to keep the lights on, and pay their utilities and pay their teachers fairly are willing to work with people of varying means. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know a teacher who's not willing to do that, and many, many, many of us do pro bono work, really. A friend of mine offers yoga down at the riverfront. Her name's Kelly Downs. Mm-hmm. She teaches at the SA okay. Center.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I have worked at one point with the Family Counseling Center, behavioral health folks to offer classes to pregnant women. We're not doing that at our studio anymore. Um, this is maybe not a, on the record thing, but the liability insurance was the problem there. Mm-hmm. We, we might think about going to them at some point, but anyway, sure. Sure. That, that sort of changed that. But um, let's see. I know the library offers some free courses, but in general, I would say that if you can find it to pay a minimal amount, you're going to wind up probably with better yoga.
0: Yeah. I love hearing the story about how you came to to yoga and how it's impacted your life and, um, and how meditation goes into that. And, you know, Jessica and I did a podcast recently about self care. And one of the things in self care was meditating. Absolutely. And, we were thinking, like you know, a lot of people don't really understand what meditation is. I think they can get intimidated by it, or you know, like you were saying, like that's something like people aren't vegetarian, or you know, it's just they're kind it's of going, foreign, it's, right? It's, it's a very alien a thing, yeah. especially it's not for, part of our culture. No, right. I mean for Americans, that's just not. It, it is not
2: absolutely, and
0: so I what we wanted to try and do is just enlighten you know people who are listening a little bit about what is meditation and you know just kind of deconstruct it a little bit sure so well and what meditation is and what it isn't
1: i think it's a really good place to start because people have some wrong headed notions even people who know mind body things and are sort of into that and i would say that meditation really Is simply the quietening of the mind. That's what Patanjali in the Yoga Sutras has to say Mm -hmm. about yoga. Is this really the quietening of the fluctuations of the mind? Mm -hmm. And meditation can take you to that quiet place. Um, Sue Greenwood, who's my current primary teacher, tells me that it's like combing the strands of the mind, which I think is a beautiful image.
0: Well, it is. That
1: meditation, like combing hair softly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Meditation does not have to be based in any religion. That puts a lot of people off. Mm -hmm. Meditation does not have to be particularly difficult or formal, although I would highly advocate sitting with a group at some point. Okay. If you do try meditation, I think the apps that are out there are wonderful. I think that guided meditations are not a bad place to start. Mm -hmm. But I think that doing a formal meditation practice with a group can change your entire experience. Really?
0: So would you recommend that for people who are just starting out? doing groups? I would um, recommend
1: taking a course. And at one point, I I believe the CTC here in Cape still offers those. mm -hmm. And you learn four different types of meditation. You experiment with them and you sort of see which one resonates the most with you. We're going to talk about that in a second. But Mm -hmm. um, I think the thing really to bear in mind is that you don't have to sit on the floor. You don't have to wear special clothes. You can sit in a chair. That's what the TM people do. Um, you just have to be comfortable and you have to be willing to first explore and then practice. Okay. And practice for meditation is really essential to succeeding and having meditation work for you. So it's cheap and simple to begin, but the practice part is something that an individual really has to do i think to gain the maximum benefit from meditation and the benefits we have the science on that the benefits of meditation are many and
0: varied and many 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 of them have to do with physical health and many of them have to do with mental health okay so um that was going to be my next question you know how can meditation really help someone who in in their health like if like Jessica was telling us early with her hip and a hip injury, and she was able to kind of really alleviate some pain by doing her meditation practices. And is that, that's really a valid thing. Cause I think some people are probably like, Oh, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way that's going to happen. That's but, true. Yeah. It is a-
1: an absolutely valid thing. And there are studies upon studies upon studies and 12 benefits really quickly that there's good science behind include that pain reduction factor. But we also Meditate to reduce stress, which, of course, has all these cascading ramifications for physical health. Meditation controls anxiety. Less stress means less anxiety. Meditation promotes emotional health, which is what I found for me to be a big thing. Mm -hmm. Meditation enhances self-awareness, which is huge. And you will find that you might run into parts of yourself that you dislike or don't like but you will gain a great deal of awareness about yourself and about others. If you become a regular meditator, your attention span gets longer. Another huge benefit. It's like weightlifting for your attention span. People say, Mm -hmm. um, if you have children who are struggling with focus or attention in school, if you yourself are struggling with focus or attention and almost everybody is today because we're so overstimulated with media and the general pace of life. Mm -hmm. So, Huge benefit there. Meditation might very well reduce age-related memory loss. Sort of the brain is a muscle. You lose, you know, you use it, you don't lose it. Mm-hmm. But meditation, because of that emphasis on focus and clarity and what longtime meditators call one-pointed attention, you can really sort of address. You know, I don't know if you can reverse memory loss, but you will generally sharpen your cognition, yeah. I think um, is a good way to say it. Meditation can generate kindness. Oh, wow. Yeah. A recent Forbes study, Mood Elevator, yes, but a recent Forbes study mentioned six benefits. And one of the things that they found was that meditation actually reduces age and race bias. Mm -hmm. Get that? Oh, man. So when you think about how polarized America is right Mm -hmm. now and how divided we are Mm -hmm. about a lot of things, when you think that this practice can actually reduce those biases, and make us less polarized and realizing that we're much more alike than we are different. Mm -hmm. um, I think that has huge ramifications for where our society might go. Another benefit, it might very well help fight addictions. I think it probably has proven useful. It's not going to replace some other things, but it is an excellent tool for the toolbox if you're struggling with an addiction, including an addiction to perfection, Mm -hmm. including an addition to consuming Mm -hmm. or to having the perfect Instagram, Facebook life, Um, not to mention addictions like too much shopping and too much gambling and too much eating or drinking or taking substances or whatever, or, you know, denying oneself food or whatever. Huge, huge in the toolbox for that.
0: Wow. Yeah. So that's That's big, especially, I mean, with the way that social media and, and, you know, the generations that, with My daughter, she's 11, and and even she's all about Instagram and snap And she doesn't have any. I won't let her have any accounts because I'm create you.
1: that monster. I, I, I'm going to take my hat off to you. Yeah. And give you a big namaste right Thank there. Thank you. Him. Yeah. And no, she's a, too
0: young she's to be in that way. Yeah. Too young, and, yeah. and so, but she likes to get on mine, and of course, like my business page, um my business Instagram page, and so. But, it's, and then, you know, she gets the Snapchat, which I don't do a lot with Snapchat, she loves either. the filters and she, yeah. and it's so like, Oh, good grief. This is a monster in the making. So right. that's interesting to know that, you know, a meditation practice can help because I feel like it the way that our society is going, that is just going to get progressively worse.
1: It is. And, and okay, and this is going to sound really flaky out there, but I follow an astrologer who's a political astrologer. and He was a journalist for a thousand years. His name is Eric Francis Coppolino. And his theory is straight from Marshall McLuhan communication theory mm-hmm. that the internet is now our nervous system. Mm-hmm. that We're plugged in at a nervous system level into the internet. Mm-hmm. So we're all out here. And what meditation does is it takes us in here, back mm-hmm. into the body, back into inside right you know they used to say in the old days tune in turn on drop out i have literally been saying tune out turn off Mm -hmm. drop in Mm -hmm. for meditation Mm -hmm. so i think that's that yeah Yeah, yeah. Yeah. i'm i really i just like flipped it around i was like that's what we need to do we need to stop the outer distractions Mm -hmm. and tune in here listening to the breath listening to the body Listening to that which is real, Mm -hmm. not that which is fabricated and illusory. And that's that straight yogic philosophy. This whole world is Maya, the veil of illusion. Mm -hmm. What is real? The part of ourself that never Mm -hmm. dies. And yoga would say further, we are all one. We're all that thing. The veil of illusion makes us forget that. So um, improving sleep is another huge benefit. Just jumping along and helping to control pain absolutely huge because your perception of pain is connected to your state of mind. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And, and talk about that because that was your state of mind.
2: Right. And so the, the way I had come into yoga was several years ago and I had a, a hip injury and the injury went on for a very long time years and I had pain every single day. And anybody that's lived with chronic pain, whether it's uh, minute or, you know, aggressive it's still pain and it's still every day and it's still on your mind. And it had just gotten to this point where I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I was depressed, um, very depressed and and I was, I was constant. Absolutely. And I, and I, I wasn't at a suicidal level but I just didn't know what to do. I felt hopeless. And so I was seeing a therapist, and uh, she did some somatic teachings, and so we started doing some meditating. And it was guided meditation, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, she would guide me through the breathing and then guide me through to the area that I was feeling the heat or the pain and and uh, we would focus on, relieving that and the first time that I did it I was I was in the same boat that we're kind of talking about this beginner stage of mm-hmm. you know I really I was interested in meditation but it just it seemed kind of you know out there, out there, yeah. there. Yeah. there's such a stigma and it's so attached to That's it the, it's yeah so because it seems like right. was really in here yeah right. and it and, and it also and it also to me did seem like that's for somebody else right. you know that's yeah. not that's not who i am right and so anyway we did it and i was hooked the very first time that i did it because the pain went away for about I'd say 10 minutes and to not be in pain Mm -hmm. for 10 minutes was huge. It was huge. Mm -hmm. And so I just started doing meditation. I'd be sitting at my physical therapist and it wasn't my turn to go yet. And I would just sit there in the waiting room and I'd start meditating right there with everybody around me because I had to relieve my pain as much as I possibly could at any given time. Mm -hmm. And it would, it was, um, you know, I look back on that time now. I I certainly wouldn't have said this then, but I am thankful for that time because I did become so aware of my body and so aware of, you know, maybe I'm going now going into a, a, a room and I feel something within me. Okay. I can kind of identify that I can recognize. Yes. I I can recognize what's going on. Why am I feeling this anxiety, you know, or any of those kinds of things. Um, And it taught me that uh, I wasn't aware of my body in the past. And I, I was, I was very mind body separate and I would even say maybe my mind and body and I was kind of a third person outside of that. in, yeah. in a way, you mm-hmm. know, kind of looking in. Um, but anyway, it was just it was just so beneficial to me. And it taught me to trust my body. And it taught me that I could I could help my body. So um, yes, you are not helpless. There I, are things you can do. Yeah, and I think
1: that whole thing about trusting your body is absolutely huge. Yeah, your body has a wisdom that means your conscious mind doesn't i and yes. sometimes it
2: will know better than your conscious mind i think what it mean? always knows better than my conscious I, I tend mind i agree with you because yeah. i was fighting this this um pain And the doctors kept telling me it was nothing. And I kept mentally saying, you know, this is kind of almost your fault. You know, you're, you're working at a job, eight to 12 hours a day in a chair, you're not getting the exercise. Um, You're not taking care of yourself. you know, it's your fault, your fault, your fault, you know, why aren't you fixing this? Um, When my body was really telling me this whole time there is something really Seriously, wrong yeah you're wrong. You're right. not yeah. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. You're, and you're, not, you're not wrong. you can't control it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so um so anyway i just feel very blessed to mm-hmm. to have had that um yeah that's great teacher. yeah it was an yeah. education, education exists. it was an education Pain will
0: totally make you it will it's so humbling because you realize your body is trying to tell you something you know, that something is off inside and here you gotta, you gotta work on this. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, so I guessing that, you know, the meditation is such a great connection that there's probably a lot of people out there who do have chronic pain. This would be an awesome thing for them to try.
2: So well, yeah, I mean the pain, the right. pain um, healthcare world out there is like the oh, grow, yeah. the growth yes. most grow fastest right. growing and there's industries know. that
0: don't want to you know talk about right, their yeah. right. that is money out
1: of their pocket exactly. you know yeah. right so, sadly sadly this is the case because because right. this, this is actually so accessible and so inexpensive relatively speaking right except in terms of time right yeah. the yes. time that people are willing and it, is it going to work for everybody's pain is it going to work for certain kinds of yeah. Maybe not as well, but it's certainly an avenue to be explored Mm -hmm. and it beats a dependence on a substance that then you have to take more and more and more of and that works less and less and less well. Or that leaves you impaired to do all the other things. Um, So instead of numbing out, you know, you're really tuning in and becoming more aware Mm -hmm. of what's going on.
0: So the difference between, so there's guided meditation and then I'm guessing there's self guided, which is probably what I do. Like, you know, when I'm at home by myself um, and you feel like the guided meditation is a great starting point for people who are new into this practice. Um, What entails a guided meditation? What is someone who's never done it before? And they're like, okay, I've been told to go to this class and I'm going to meditate. What can they expect when they go to a guided meditation? Well,
1: actually, most people guided meditations are probably the most easy thing to find. Like, if you're if you haven't found a teacher or a class, mm-hmm. and you want to explore online, and I think they're great, and they often involve visualization, like the ones that you did with your somatic therapist, and they often involve a narration. You'll you'll be asked to be comfortable, you know, perhaps lying, perhaps sitting comfortably, and the facilitator or the meditation leader will take you through the visualization, and it might be a journey and a path through a forest, and you know, coming to a locked door sort of a narrative structure where you find yourself in a different spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still breathing, you're still paying attention to your body. It's almost like having a dream induced, I think. Okay. I think that's maybe a good way to go Do you have... Jump in, please, because experiences... I do less guided meditation, like Mm -hmm. almost none now. Mm -hmm. And I think that benefits of probably starting much more simply with the breath first. Yeah. And with counted breath. Mm -hmm. And then maybe with mantra. Mm -hmm. And then maybe with some of the attention-focusing meditations. If Mm -hmm. I were teaching, and I have actually, and my little outline is here... Those are the places that I would start in a formal meditation class rather mm-hmm. than with the guidance. I often throw the guidance in as part of yoga practice, as part of, you know, just prior to Shavasana, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. when I was teaching chakra yoga, you mm-hmm. know, taking somebody through and visualizing the seven chakras, you mm-hmm. know, the body, the energy, plexi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, I think that the best place to start is really with the breath. Because you always mm-hmm. have the breath. You're never right. not without the breath. Mm-hmm. The breath is accessible, like you said, in the therapist's office. The breath is accessible to you anytime. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is listen to
2: it. Mm-hmm. And and it's amazing it's how the breath will calm you. Yes. You know, if you are listening to yes. it, um, there are... I've done some work with three parts of your breath. So your like your, the yeah. lower mm-hmm. or the middle and the upper, mm-hmm. I think. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you can always there's some there's some times when they say visualize like your uh, lungs or something are a balloon and you're blowing them up and, you know, uh, and taking the air out and whatnot. And so you're in in the beginning of meditation. Uh, if you try this, it's it's not. You could do it for a minute, you know, two minutes to get used to it. And you're going to wander. Uh, Absolutely. That That is so important. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Everybody thinks that when you meditate, that your mind is blank and you're in a state of something else. And that is so not true. Mm -hmm. You always have thoughts. You are never not going to have thoughts. The trick to meditation is to let those thoughts drift on by. Mm -hmm. They're a cloud. Let it move on out of your field of vision. They're a leaf. Let it float on down the river. Another thought will arise. Turn your attention to it. Acknowledge it Then let it go. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to stop your mind from thinking. You'll just learn how to sort of ride the flow of those thoughts Mm -hmm. and not attach to them. So people who walk in expecting that, you know, their mind is going to be blank or that you're going to hypnotize them and put something else in there. No, 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 no. You're going to be responsible for watching your thoughts. And allowing them to just move on, not attaching any more importance to, here's what is on the grocery list. We need peanut butter and toilet paper. Let it go. (laughs) Here's what I was thinking when I had the argument with my sister. She is really a pain. Let it go. Mm. I am a lot my sister. That was in no way. Let me say, state for the record, my sister is a lawyer. A Vanderbilt lawyer. Okay. Um, let me say right now that I adore my little sister and in no way shape or fashion <laughs> do I think she um, I mean, She probably thinks I'm a okay, pain we have to share the bathroom when we're at home for uh. holidays. But yeah. Um, so let, let me just say, clarify that out quickly before I get into real trouble.
0: Um, it's great. Um, so in terms of... I time because you know we've talked about like people you know one of the reasons why meditation would be so great is because people are they're going non-stop and they like, don't have enough time to do that who has time to sit for five minutes what do you think would be great for a good positive meditation practice for someone that they will stick to you know because start small start small start super small
1: start without doing anything fancy you know, assuming you're not going to go to a nice structured meditation class, mm-hmm. start small, five minutes mm-hmm. only, set a timer. Everybody's got one on their phone. Um, take, take care of all outside distractions. Find the quietest room in your house. It is also very helpful and useful when you're meditating in order to really build the habit to go sit in the same place every day, you know, with the same things around you, devote a little meditation space, Because then just walking into your bedroom closet or Mm -hmm. your corner of your office or wherever it might be, or even your favorite chair in Mm -hmm. your favorite room Mm -hmm. is going to automatically start to let your nervous system chill out. Your breathing will slow and drop. Your whole parasympathetic nervous system will start to drop in its tone, you know, Sometimes people wear shawls in meditation. If you have a blanket or shawl and you put it on every time you meditate, that's another trigger for you. Mm-hmm. If you are somebody who likes to light incense or a candle to make your space sacred, mm-hmm. that will help. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically being consistent is huge. Starting small is huge. And the fewer things that you change about the way you sit in the place you sit, very important. If you're sitting in a chair, put your feet on the floor. Um, if you are not and you want to sit cross-legged in the floor, make sure your hips are higher than your knees. Okay. Sitting high and sitting comfortably is essential because you can't be uncomfortable. Your mind will It'll tell you. right? will distract yeah. you. And yeah. like, excuse me, excuse me. Um, excuse me, excuse me. I'm your left toe. I've gone to sleep here now. Um, or, you know, I'm getting shooting pains up my calf. Um, we don't like this. So you have to make really sure that you're as comfortable as you possibly can be. Okay. And then you just... You do. You turn off and you tune out and you drop in. All
2: right. And I think it's important to say it's okay to do that. Yeah. Because a lot of people, you know, have the, and me included, I'm not women. doing something. People right. like women. I mean, yeah, need to be doing them. something. Yeah. There, there is three loads of laundry, you exactly. know, yes. that need to be done. We have
1: that, I think, more than, because most of us are working double shifts. Right. we got the work shift, and then we go home to the second shift. Yes. yes. The family and the food and the, what's in the fridge. And some of us have wonderful husbands and partners, you know, who do these things, and some of us don't. But, you know, we, we all feel, and Americans feel this tremendous guilt about not doing, 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 going, going, self-improving, self-improving, you know, time is money, money is time. No. Stop. Drop in. yeah, Let it go. You can spare five minutes, and I guarantee you, I guarantee anybody who ever listens to this podcast that if you start giving yourself those tiny increments of time. Mm-hmm. Your productivity will get better when you're on you're going to be more on mm-hmm. when you're busy you're going to be more effective mm-hmm. for having had rest
0: and surcease and
1: time out. Okay. That's, that's awesome.
0: Good. I love that. So, I mean that gives yourself permission. That's what we were talking about in in this Give yourself permission. Previous podcast yeah. is, you know, slowing down and taking time because it does it helps it's just it's so healing for your body to do that and I'm as guilty as the next person on going too hard and too fast. And I can always tell when I don't take that time to do the either five minute meditation. And that's pretty much what I do. Cause that's what works for me. Right. But I, when I'm finished with it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it feels so much better. Okay, let's go. You now know, you it, can jump in, like right, in a five right. minute
1: consistent practice will serve you mm-hmm. a thousand times better than, attempting you know somebody says the meditation that you know the best meditation is the meditation you actually do yeah you know so i think that that's really true right. and um if you can't do twenty do five, if you can't do five do three and a half mm-hmm. my teacher judy greer used to have a yoga practice that she called the too tired to practice practice when she had three kids and a full-time job as a nurse at curiously enough vanderbilt oh, um yeah. yeah so it's <sighs> the connections are
0: strong. Just... Uh-huh. um
1: but um you know you can roll out your mats For instance, you can lie on it Mm -hmm. abjectly, Mm -hmm. yeah, your head down. You can do that even if you can't do anything else, and you might find that then you do want to lift your heels and stretch and do a couple of things. And Mm -hmm. so, if you can sit down in your meditative spot and shut your eyes, you might find that 10 minutes go by and you're much more refreshed than, Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, I think that's a really that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing. All right. So you lower the blood pressure. Yeah. You, you right. feel better. Your heart rate, you know, your breathing rate goes down and you're making yourself slightly your your production of cortisol goes down. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: you're just basically All those stress hormones.
2: Yeah. that we we still that that run
1: on. on. We run on. We'll run we, on. We're always yeah. in that fight or flight. Absolutely.
0: Mode. So so now we, you're gonna go
1: to rest and digest.
0: Yes. And that's that better. Yeah, like that parasympathetic kick in so um okay so for you listeners out there here's those are what she's recommending is start small okay start with just five minutes of a meditation practice find your safe space for that make it consistent and just let your body rest and then keep your mind open and i bet you're going to be amazed at how how much things will change for you so um those are, those are really good tips for newbies out there. And then, of course, the people who do meditate, keep do on, on doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: keep on. Don't yeah.
0: stop. And explore. You know, it's kind of fun.
1: I would suggest even that you take um, the marvelous Mind-Body Stress Reduction class that we're offering, not for many more weeks, although we'll do another session soon, down at Yoga East. It's MBSR, Mind-Body Stress Reduction, which is the most scientifically- proven it's it's what they've done the most studies on uh form of meditation you know since the 70s that has the most medical information that's like proven it's kind of from the buddhist tradition but Mm -hmm. it is the one that clinically we can say definitively has all those health benefits Oh, that's wonderful yeah i want to take that i (laughs) think it says mbsr um have a look Mm -hmm. into it and kelly downs here in town and sue greenwood are both you know certified mind body stress reduction teachers mm-hmm. just so you know okay yeah, right. i guess there. some stress
0: reduced that sounds yeah. awesome i think i really do want to try that so. i was there last night it was, it was pretty good oh yeah, oh, yeah. okay yeah. so do you have anything else that you want to highlight on meditation mm-hmm. or talk about we've got about four minutes
1: three minutes left in our recording here. You improve your immunity and you lower your blood pressure. That's a really significant thing. You also really improve your relationships with other people, as my family clearly um, you know, shows you improve relationships on the job, um, socially, when you're capable of being self-aware, that enhances your awareness of others. Mm-hmm. And I think that the sort of social aspects of that probably shouldn't be underestimated. I mean I think that if you teach small children to meditate, bullying becomes less. Yeah. Oh bottom. yeah, that's a um, yeah.
2: And they're they're doing yoga, and even oh, when I lived up in St. Louis, they were doing yoga in uh, preschools. I that's think preschool. they are. and and uh, just you know, it just I don't know if they were approaching it necessarily as a mind body connection. I have no idea, but just to calm down, and right. you know, they would do it before, so you before can nap a lot. And self soothe yeah. and
1: get yourself into a more receptive state. And, and when you're that little and that full of energy, to get all the wiggles out. As yes. You know, people yes. I know like to That's say.
2: Yeah. For you got to
1: get all those wiggles out, and you need to perhaps practice
2: a physical thing really hard. Yeah. So that you can then rest and digest. Yeah. And, 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 and anger, you know, yeah. if you're mad about someone. You know, taking your Cheez-Its, you can sure. calm down, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> Don't calm yourself down. <laughs> exactly. Those are without without, without yeah. hitting
1: someone or doing something else that's antisocial and not helpful right and enough. hurtful to somebody else. And maybe you develop, you know, there are some theories that you develop more empathy when you realize oh, that, you know, really... Yeah. We're the same person, and we would both feel awful if somebody else took our cheeses. Right? right. Yeah. Right. So,
0: right. yeah. <laughs> so, so anger management, yeah. which yeah. will then, you know, definitely help later in life as they get older. So, you know, we just right. need to suggest that to the schools. And in I our also, area.
1: one more thing is that there's a great deal of literature available at our local Cabrera Public Library. Okay. They have many, many, many pages of holdings on meditation, and they will. So be happy to help you. Elizabeth A. Phillips, who I think is called Beth, who's the reference librarian who prepared this list for me. And she she's the adult service coordinator. And she um, will tell you their stuff about mandalas and kundalini and five good minutes in the evening, a hundred mindful practices, and mind whispering. And of course, the classic works by John Kabat-Zinn, who's really the founder in America of mindfulness meditation. But If you have any doubt, go to the library, Mm -hmm. see what you can check out. There are CDs. I mean, they're not all books. There's books on tape, just all sorts of marvelous resources for
0: perhaps doing a private
1: or personal meditation practice before you jump into a class.
0: Uh, So that was a lot of wonderful information and I am definitely going to be kicking my meditation practice up. Um, But yeah, Yeah. thank you so much, Sarah, for coming today and giving us so much information and telling us your story. And how yoga and meditation has really changed your life. And I'm hoping that, you know, listeners out there will take up the advice that you've been giving us Mm -hmm. and start their own practice. Um, And we're just trying to make the world a little bit healthier.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've loved getting to meet you both and hearing your stories as well. And really, I do think this is the ailment. This is the medicine for modern times. And I really hope that if you have any questions or want to know more about yoga or meditation, I'd be happy to let you know. listeners call me or email me mm-hmm. or drop by the yoga studio where I teach. And if you can't find a meditation instructor you like, I will try to connect you.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Well, we can put um, your email information in the great. comments, and that way people can get in touch with so you. Thank you so much. I oh, enjoyed yes, this thoroughly. this has been, been so, fun. So much fun to talk about things that matter so much. To yeah. Yeah.
1: Making the world a better place one person at a time is really the goal. Right. Yeah. Healing really the web is.
2: of community. Yeah. Absolutely. That's right. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank Big you. namaste. 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 Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you. All right.
0: Thanks. <laughs>